You're listening to a Planet Pod short, bite-sized practical advice from experts about key sustainability challenges. Planet Pod shorts are brought to you by Akil Management and sponsored by the Planet Mark. Welcome to the Pod Shorts. Today we're talking smart ledgers with Michael Minnelli. Michael, over to you. Amanda, thank you very much. It's exciting to talk about one of the most uh, interesting areas of technology at the moment, smart ledgers. A lot of your listeners will know them as blockchains or mutual distributed ledgers. The UK government calls it distributed ledger technologies. It's a big area. We call it smart ledgers. What are they? Well, to us, a smart ledger is a ledger recording transactions and when you think about society we record transactions all over the place university degrees driver's licenses financial transactions credit card statements utility bills all of these things find their way onto a ledger the ledger is typically managed by a central third party who says I will record things on both sides of the ledger and keep track of it and I'll come back to that in a moment so what are these smart ledgers technically they're multi-organizational databases with a super audit trail. So multi-organizational databases with a super audit trail. And that tells you where you want to use them, multi-organizational situations. But why would you care? Well, the central third party problem has bedeviled mankind for over uh, over, over 10,000 years. When I want to trade with you and you want to trade with Jim, uh, we tend to go to a central third party who holds both sides of the transaction until you get my money and I get your house or whatever we're, we're trading with each other. The difficulty here is that the central third party has a lot of power. If they become very successful, then suddenly they're the only central third party that people go to. So uh, this may be forced, so if you take the land registry in the United Kingdom, we can't go to another land registry and and do our swap, but uh, that's one element of force. Another element is we're just very successful and we become a natural monopoly. The difficulty with that is that central third parties do cheat. Um, so you know, can't avoid it. In many ways, these are anti-cheating databases. I can't change it because the audit trail is so strong, and it's across multiple organizations. Uh, central third parties also extract large rents. So if you think about cheating, remember that here in the city of London, we've had the LIBOR scandals, the FX scandals, typically centered around a small group of central third party people. And we also have uh, central third parties in some exchanges that charge outrageous rents for the cost of what they're doing, therefore they make great profit, but it's because they are a natural monopoly. And these ledgers do not replace them, but they reduce their strength, because everybody has a copy of the data, so the idea that I have to go back to the central third party to buy my own data back is gone. And the second thing is that the central third party is unable to go back and alter records and maybe take a backhander. So that's what they're about. That's sweet, but what can you do with them? You know, why do they matter? Well, in the green area, or the ESG area, there are a lot of things. I would start off probably with the basics. These are, to some degree, time-stamping engines. Giant time-stamping engines. And what might you want to time-stamp? Well, I might want to time-stamp carbon emissions. I might want to time-stamp energy usage. Uh, We have an application uh, built for a fishery scientist, Malcolm McGarvin. It's called Fish Face. And off the coast of Cornwall, he's got, I think, over a dozen boats where he records the landed catch and records the videos of them onto one of these smart ledgers. And therefore, it's an unalterable record of what the fishermen fished and where it went all the way to the port. He has obviously plans to extend it to the plate. 
So very exciting stuff there. So I'd start off with time stamping. Now many of your listeners will be saying, why hasn't he talked about cryptocurrencies yet? <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to. Uh, the ledger field is very old. We built our first smart ledger back in 1995, and many others did too. But it was really the rise of Bitcoin in 2009 that made people pay attention. And around 2012, people asked, how does Bitcoin run a global ledger that nobody's able to cheat using very similar techniques? Um, that was it. So we, uh, we find ourselves now in a situation where people are proposing all sorts of coins, but there are risks. Uh, the energy consumption of Bitcoin is somewhere the size of a medium-sized country like um, Austria or the Netherlands. And you divide that by its very, very small transaction volumes of about 350000 a day, and you get to some outrageous costs, uh, depending on the day, of $15, $50 of energy. And we don't want to be doing that. But there are many alternatives out there, and we're all here in the City of London working on them. So multi-organizational databases with the super audit trail really constitutes what, what we're about. And we look forward to many exciting innovations in the ESG area. Thank you for listening to this Planet Pod short. You can download further episodes from our website, theplanetpod.com, and follow us on Twitter at planet underscore pod. Please do rate and review this episode, and we look forward to you joining us again soon.